We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome into the fourth and final hour of WWL Sports Talk. Good math. Yeah, I had to think about that for yeah, a I second. That's how I could see it in your eyes. <laughs> I was like, one, two, three. <laughs> Steve Keller along with Jeff Nowak. We've been talking a lot of NFL today. Obviously, the biggest news of the day was the Carolina Panthers, Saints NFC South rival, making a big move all the way up to the top of the NFL draft board, doing a deal with the Chicago Bears, giving up a whole bunch of assets to get that number one overall pick. Which QB will they take? We shall see. Uh, speaking of QBs, though, we've obviously been talking with Saints, uh, Derek Carr, the signing of him and what it's going to bring to the black and gold next season, and also the talk of from ESPN's Diana, Diana Russini about Jameis Winston, the Saints, and him trying to work out a deal to come back and be the backup to Derek Carr would be very interesting, especially after a really rocky. It wasn't, I, I guess, not really played out in the media as such an, an like an ugly situation, but it just wasn't good uh, with Jameis Winston and the Saints last year. How things ended up turning out, unfortunately, um, he he got hurt early on, and it seemed like he would healthy enough to come back and play, but the team decided to obviously stick with with. Uh, Andy Dalton, the quarterback. I almost said Derek Carr right there. Yes, <laughs> said a, you said a lot. Of, you said a lot of words. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it it got awkward. I I I think Jameis. You know, if you, you can you can talk all you want about how you, if you don't think Jameis is the guy, whatever. You do have to give Jameis credit for how he handled that situation because it could have very easily gotten awkward. Heck, you look how look how it ended huh. with Marcus Mariota in Atlanta, right? Like, yeah, for sure. Like. That's that's how that situation can go, right? Like it can get awkward, and Jameis deserves credit for not just nuking that entire thing out of the water because he could have. Um, he would probably get a cut, but like he could have done it. Um, and like I, I'm a more vindictive person than he is, and I probably would have done it if it was me. But hey, you know we can we can move on and just kind of figure it out from here. Don't double cross Jeff. Yeah, don't don't mess with me. Uh, speaking of you know vindictive people, 
I don't know. I don't know. That, that, that segue didn't work. I just wanted to kind of tease that uh, later on this hour, we're going to have an interview with Scott Goldbranson. That, I was going to say, how is he vindictive? Yes, I know. I, it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. I was trying to I was trying to link it, but it's like the 7 o'clock hour is not when I should try to think on the fly. Um, but yeah, that's it's an interview that we did earlier in the week for the podcast Inside Black and Gold. We're going to give you some of that um, just to kind of give you a teaser to make you have to go download the rest of the episode and uh but no he had some really good insight into Derek Carr one of the things that um Bobby brought up way back in the in the four o'clock hour was that uh Derek Carr is kind of an Iron Man and I don't know if he gets credit for it the way that um definitely does not some other guys would uh and so Bobby mentioned that he's like never missed a game and so I looked it up so he's missed four games in his career Two of those games came this past season and had nothing to do with injury, right? right? It was actually the opposite. It was the Raiders preemptively sitting him down because if he did get hurt in those final two games, he, they would have been on the hook for his $40 million guaranteed, and they didn't want to do that. So they sat him down and to make sure he didn't get hurt. So in the sense that it has nothing to do with injury, you know, you give him credit there. If you go back to his other two games missed, one of them came in the 2016 season – and it was his best season as a pro. The Raiders were 12 and 3 and then he he fractured his right fibula hmm. and then he he missed the playoffs obviously. And that's kind of where if you you can talk to a lot of people and they'll say you point back to that injury and you say he never really was the same after that injury and I don't know how true that is, but from a mobility perspective you can understand why it might linger in your mind of like, man, that was a very painful, difficult to recover from injury. And it came at a point where you were finally seeing, like we talked about Derek Carr's record. Now he's never won a playoff game and, and all this. That was probably his best chance to go in a playoff game that season. And he was hurt. And he didn't get to go, right? So like that's a big factor in, in why he has no playoff wins. Or at least like he doesn't. he's only had one playoff appearance. Um, and then he missed one game the next season with an injury and so that's kind of where you you see it but other, otherwise he's been there day in day out um so you, you have to give him credit for that yeah i made the joke to you about not wanting to have andy dalton back in the mix just because it seems like the last couple of years wherever he has been the backup quarterback something has happened to the starter to cause him to end up coming in to be the starter so maybe keep that bad gree away uh no offense to andy dalton there but uh definitely would rather a healthy Derek Carr for the 2023 season. Uh, let's check in with Chris in Virginia on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line. You can give us a call 504-260-1870. Chris, what did you want to talk about with Chris, uh, Derek Carr and the Saints? What's up, man? How y'all doing? Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, I don't believe the Saints are in rebuild mode. Or we still got a lot of talent on this team. And I think all of these young quarterbacks at the top, there's question marks about every one of them. So, you know, I think the Saints draft well usually. And, uh, you know, as far as Derek Carr, you know, as a fan watching the games over the past few years, I've been impressed with him. I mean, he, he hasn't had a defense backing him up. If John Gruden hadn't put his foot in his mouth, he'd be <laughs> looking at Derek Carr a lot, a lot differently. I think he technically think put he his be. foot in his laptop. I think that's right. Yeah. Well, whatever, but he, <laughs> you know, Derek Carr probably wouldn't even be available right now if that hadn't happened. It's a good point. A good so point. you know, I'm kind of excited about 
Derek Carr, and if Michael Thomas ends up staying and Olave keeps developing, we draft well. We usually draft pretty well. I'm excited about the uh, Saints coming up. No, and th- thanks for the call, oh. Chris. Um, no, I, I actually I agree. Like, there's this talk about oh they need to tear it down. I think they're in a good position. I really do. Like, I think they have kind of struck this balance of young playmakers, young up and coming defenders, with the exception of a couple questionable first round picks on defensive line prospects. Right with Marcus Davenport and Peyton Turner, but like you look at like Chris Olave, I think they found a gem in Rashid Shahid. Pete Werner has been excellent. Paulson Adebo has been solid. Alante Taylor looks like a stud, you know. And so you, you, that's that's how you be you remain competitive is you balance the veterans and the big contracts with the rookies and the and the, and the smaller contracts and the pay scale, and then you you find a way to to kind of build over time as opposed to just, okay, everything is bad, trash it, start from scratch and see what we can do, right? And I think right now you are seeing kind of the final vestiges of that 2017 draft class. And when you have a draft class that good, it can carry you Hmm. for five, six years. Um, And then, and like, you're not bailing on that. You still have Ryan Ramchek on that deal. You still have Marshawn Lattimore on that, on his big deal. You still have, I'm missing Alvin Kamara on that deal. Um, no, I, I, I don't I don't see this as 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 dire of a situation as a lot of people seem to. Um and when you are in a division like this, and Tom Brady could attest to this as a member of the Patriots in the AFC East for so long, you can just cakewalk into the playoffs and it does make life easier for you when you can rest later in the season, right? Like for a majority of his career, he didn't have to deal with a single contending team in that division. And it and I guarantee you he would say it made his life a lot easier. Yeah, it's amazing now, too, that Tom's gone, that the AFC East is a lot more competitive than it was. Yeah, I think, you know, we talked about the Jets with Derek Carr, <laughs> and one of the reasons I thought the Saints had a really good chance to land him was because if you're Derek Carr and you just spent your entire career in a division with Pat Mahomes and, like, you know, he's basically a ceiling that you will never get above, why would you go to the AFC East with Josh Allen, right? Like, And then the Dolphins are solid, and the Patriots are a well-run organization. When you could go to the NFC South and just – you should be able to just cakewalk into the playoffs. Like, you should be able to. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Obviously, they have to play the games, and things happen. You know, Maybe the Falcons do end up going after Lamar or something, and things are different. But, like, it is set up for you to dominate if you just go out and do your job. And so – that's an attractive place to go, I think, if you're a quarterback. Yeah, not to me too. I, I think you'd agree too. Not just the NFC South, just the NFC in general. There's yeah, so many right, more questions right. in the, than the AFC, and it definitely you, it almost feels like two separate entities. I mean, when you look at the talent in the AFC compared to the NFC, just look at how the road the Eagles took to get to the Super Bowl <laughs> this year. Like, like they just, I mean, they dominated the Giants. It's not fair to say that the 49ers didn't put up a fight considering they didn't have a quarterback in that game. But at the same time, the quarterback that they could have faced was Brock Purdy, right? Like, the quarterback that they would have faced if not for an injury was Jimmy Garoppolo. The quarterback that they would have faced if not for an injury to Jimmy Garoppolo was, was Trey Lance, right? It's, it's, it is a much different road that you are trying to, trying to tread than having to get past Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, all just to get to the Super Bowl, right? Like, you don't want to have to do that. Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak here on WWL Sports Talk. Coming back, we'll play a snidbit of our conversation with Scott Goberson of the Silver and Black today. Get a little more insight on Derek uh, Carr, the person and the player. Back with more here on WWL Sports Talk after the break. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, back here on Sports Talk, I'm Jeff Nowak, alongside Steve Geller. And in case you we haven't told you, we host a podcast twice a week, usually posts on Tuesdays and Fridays. We have an episode up this morning. Uh, it's called Inside Black and Gold, and we this week we talked to Scott Gilbranson. He's a host of the uh, Silver and Black Today podcast, which is, you know, it, we're, it's also an Odyssey podcast, but it is not a crossover with the Silver and the Gold it is just a Raiders podcast, and he gave us a lot of really good insight into you know who Derek Carr is, you know, not only as a player, but also as just kind of a, a locker room guy. He's going to be a part of the community, that sort of thing. And so we wanted to play a good chunk of that interview for you. It is an abridged version, so if you'd like to check out the full version of this interview, go check out Inside Black and Gold wherever you get your podcast. You can also find it on YouTube. I posted it this morning. It's at WWL Sports. Um, it's got the video in there, so you can see my ugly mug. Uh, as much as you want. But we're going to play that interview for you right here and enjoy. Just kind of distill for the Saints fan, what is kind of the ethos of Derek Carr? Like, what is Derek Carr as like a player, as a person? You know, what should Saints fans be expecting? Yeah, so I mean, I would start with with Derek Carr, the man. I think that no matter who you talk to, even folks who weren't fond of him as a player will tell you that you're getting – just a really good guy. I mean, and of course the legacy that Drew Brees has there. I mean, this is the same kind of guy. He's going to be a guy that's going to be really involved in the community. He's going to be involved with all sorts of charities and really does well. He's a guy strong in his faith. So he likes to put that up front, by the way. And so for him going into community, it's not just about playing football. He actually gets down and dirty and helps out his family does that as well he's got a foundation still in his hometown of fresno california when he got to las vegas coming from oakland when the team finally did move there 
he got very involved in the community. He was very visible as well. So I think from the perspective as a human being, there's no arguing that Derek Carr is a phenomenal guy and, and really lives his life by a true north. As a football player, getting a very good quarterback, a guy who I think if you could describe his career with the Raiders was just a little bit unfinished, a little bit uh, disappointing from the perspective of the team was never built around him significantly. I'm not just blaming the team. He's got some of the blame himself, which we'll get into. But I do think that Derek, with the right people around him, can be a quarterback that can take you to the promised land. I think it has to be the right situation. We thought early on that the best place for Derek Carr was going to be the NFC South. And sure enough, uh, landing there with the Saints was not a surprise. And I think he's got an opportunity there with what the Saints have built to, to do well and to do something he could never do as a Raider, and that's win a playoff game. And I think that's what you see is you'll see flashes of brilliance and you're like, how could a team give up on this guy? How could a team yeah. after nine years – just say goodbye to him. But then you'll see the other side of Derek Carr, which is he sometimes makes decisions uh, at, at a level where he's a nine-year veteran. You're thinking to yourself, okay, why did he just do that? That doesn't make any sense. Why is he inconsistent? And that's why he's not in Las Vegas was he came in, Josh McDaniels, of course, new head coach, Dave Ziegler, new GM. He had basically kind of a tryout year, and he had one of his years, worst years since his rookie season. So for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. And we said, I think, after eight weeks last season, guys, that it was probably best for an amicable divorce. Sometimes a guy needs a different, uh, I think, a different address to reach his full potential. And I always thought about that with Derek Carr. I was saying, you know what? He'd been through so much with the Raiders that it would be best for him and probably the team to just move on from one another. Unfortunately, it didn't end as well as I thought it could. But certainly Derek Carr, the football player, will be a player that I think Saints fans, uh, especially with what you've gone through the last few years at quarterback since Drew Brees retired, uh, that you'll be happy with. And we'll see if he can get over that hump that he was unable to do uh, with the Raiders. We've been hearing a lot from his uh, his brother, David, going around talking about how even when other teams were after him and pursuing Car during the process and then Indianapolis at the combine and all that he really took heart that the Saints players were just in constant contact with him. It seems like he's looking for that. I want you to want me kind of thing. And it's, it's kind of hard to believe in this QB hungry market. I thought Carr would have a lot more suitors than he did, honestly. Yeah, I did too. At least, you know, at least a few more. I think that in the situation with Derek Carr, the one thing you'll learn about him guys is you cover him is no matter what he says at the podium, he's a very ultra sensitive guy. I mean, it just is. And you can tell people, you know, psycho, if you study any psychology, you know, people give you tips when they say certain things. And Derek Carr would say a lot when he could criticize. And of course, social media is accessible. We all know people just go crazy on there and it's unfair to players. A lot of times they are human beings after all. But Derek Carr, when he was being criticized, when he's going through bad situations, he would always talk about how he doesn't listen to the, any, any of that. He doesn't listen to any of that. Well, that tells you he was listening to it, and I think it got to him several times. And then his family, you talked about David Carr, they go out and defend him actively. They let Derek be the player, and they kind of go out, and they're the henchmen to go out and kind of confront people when they say things about it, whether it's Rich Gannon, a former NFL MVP, who they really tried to drive into the ground because he criticized Derek Carr. And that's the wow. downside to it. But, but again, I, I do think that it was, it was an unusual situation and some of it not his fault. I think, listen, you have a guy who's been there nine years, has a losing record, but you never brought anybody in to challenge him. Like he was never challenged. Uh, and I don't care how good you are. 
it's always good to have somebody challenge you and get you better. And I think that the organization failed Derek Carr ultimately because of the number of head coaches, because of the number of GMs. There was just never a consistency there. And so I think psychologically at some point he might have uh, put – there might have been a switch flipped that just made it somewhat impossible for him to reach his full potential with the Raiders. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where we can go next is, you know, what did hold him back? Because I feel like in my years of watching Derek Carr intermittently, right, like I didn't happen upon a lot of Raiders games in New Orleans. It's not the game that shows up, (laughs) right? And they haven't been good enough for me to have to watch them. So I just only see them effectively when they play the Chiefs, right? Like I feel like of all the Derek Carr games I've watched, it's been the Chargers and the Chiefs. And every time I watch Derek Carr and Pat Mahomes play – it seems like Derek Carr is able to elevate his play and kind of get into a shootout with Pat Mahomes. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe the only the games I've watched, but I always watch Derek Carr and I'm like, oh, this is a good quarterback. He's a gunslinger. He's he's in a shootout right now. And then I look at the stats and it's like, oh, he threw for 220 yards and two touchdowns. It's like this very ho-hum stat line. But like you watch it, and you're like, this is a good quarterback. So what is the hangup? Why hasn't he been able to kind of get over the top? And what does New Orleans need to do to kind of maximize that? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I think if we talk about hangups with Derek Carr, I think it's always been the inability to extend plays with his legs, uh, especially in today's NFL. Now, at the end of the day, you want a guy who can throw from the pocket. You have to in the NFL as so many of these great running quarterbacks. I mean, we're, we're all debating about Lamar Jackson right now, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, you have to be able to do that. And I think Derek Carr, when he's given the time, he's got a clean pocket and he can throw the ball, um, he's going to hit his guys. I mean, he's, he's, he's a good quarterback with a very strong arm and somebody who can run an offense. He's run six different offenses. So he's got a, a sample size that's pretty large. But at the end of the day, I think that's what it was. And, and decision-making in key moments, you know, it seemed to – Yes, in rivalry games, and of course, you'll see a lot of the the stats about his fourth quarter comebacks, but some of those fourth quarter comebacks, when you really dig deep down in the numbers, it's because, yes, the Raiders have not had a good defense since I think I was in eighth grade, but other than that, they also had an offense that would start slow, that would not score as much. If you look at what they were able to do, I mean, last year with the weapons they had with Devontae Adams and, of course, Josh Jacobs, who won the rushing title, all the stuff they had around them. And Derek Carr always seemed to do well in spurts and then suddenly fall back. And so I think that's what it was, is there's just this desire to see him get over a hump and just explode consistently. And I think consistency has been the issue. And I do think some of that's the sporting cast around him. But at the same time, I think it's his biggest obstacle to overcome, which is can he do it? Can he have the confidence? Can he lead a team to the next step? Because if you talk to analysts, and we've had plenty of them on our show, including Rich Gannon and others, who say, you know what, Derek Carr is a great quarterback. He'll get you to a certain point. But is he the guy who, when the team is down and not performing well, is he going to put them on your on his shoulders and take them? And the answer is no. Uh, and so, so far of what we've seen. Now, in New Orleans, it's going to be interesting because I think he's got a good – uh, offensive line there that he hasn't had quite uh, in quite a while in Las Vegas. And, and so it's a different situation. He's clearly the best quarterback of the division as we sit today. And so he's in a good situation to win. And I think that that was key for Carr in his next step was, you know, was he going to, in the AFC West, he's a good quarterback, but arguably you could say, even with Russell Wilson's terrible year last year, he was the, the, the fourth best quarterback out of four teams in the league because it's a stacked division. But in this case, he has the opportunity to go somewhere he can win. And I think that 
the right situation for him will make a big difference. And, and I think he does well, and I hope he does well. You know, one thing that I am curious about, obviously, this is not a new thing. Dennis Allen having Derek Carr as his quarterback, right? <laughs> the Raiders yeah. know very well what Dennis Allen and Derek Carr kind of look like as a pairing, at least four games of it, because four that games. 2014 season, he got fired after four games. They also now have their defense coordinators with the Raiders in 2014. Their secondary coach was with the Raiders in 2014. It is a very much Raiders 2014 experience. And I'm just curious what that – that's got to be weird from a Raiders perspective of like, I remember this. And, I mean, obviously Derek is a different guy than he was back then. I think a decade apart from anybody will be different. But I'm curious, you know, what what is kind of the, re- the reaction like when you see that and you can, like, hold it up against, you know, oh, look at that. <laughs> well, it goes to show something that you guys know really well, and I know probably there's, your listeners know well if they're big football fans, which is the NFL coaching uh, fraternity is very small. It's very insulated. And because of that, you're going to see guys, they're going to cross paths many times in the course of their career. And in this case, a player like Derek Carr, who, who first started uh, for Dennis Allen, gets an opportunity to go back with him. And so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think, you know, Raiders fans overall have been telling us, boy, you know, he's going to get him fired a second time is kind of the people who don't like Derek Carr. That's what they say about Dennis Allen, uh, because De- Derek Carr, I think they were three and 13 that year. They ended up that year and and so on. So so that that's the inside joke. But a lot of Raider fans, Derek Carr was polarizing for Raider fans. Ex-coaches are polarizing. I mean, the, the Raiders have had so many coaches. It's almost like if you look at the family tree of the band Deep Purple, I think they've had like 70 members purple and it's sort of the same thing with Raider coaching staff so it's one of those weird situations and and Raider fans I think are looking at it and saying wow you know it's so weird how it's kind of come full circle like that for Derek Carr and it's got to feel strange for him but clearly the Saints organization believes in Dennis Allen and what he's doing with that team and the familiarity there is going to be great for them because at least they have that and um, I'm sure that that lent very uh, massively to Derek Carr feeling comfortable when he came down to New Orleans and visit. Are any uh, soon-to-be free agents that may be tempted to follow Derek down to New Orleans? I don't know. I mean, that's the thing that was surprising to me because when when Derek Carr was, uh, before he got benched and kind of stepped away from the, the team for those final two weeks of the season, you know, all of his teammates always showed love, talked about him. And then after that happened, there was a little bit of a shift. They didn't throw him under the bus or anything, but there was just like, a, hey, it's a business. We got to go on. And so I, I don't know about free agents. I do think, I mean, because Josh Jacobs was tagged. And and, right. and obviously the Saints have a good running game already, but but he was tagged, so he's going to get a, a long-term contract before July, I believe. Uh, but Darren Waller, I would watch for that because Darren Waller and, and Derek Carr have had a great connection. Waller's been injured a bit too much the past two seasons, and that raises some questions. But but the Raiders could be in a position, depending what they do during this draft and offseason, uh, to perhaps move him. I don't know that they have the confidence they had in him, as great as his abilities are. So if they're looking for an old-school hookup, uh, hookup between former teammates, that might be a good one to watch out for New Orleans is the availability of Darren Waller. Yeah, Saints fans have nightmares still about Darren Waller when he destroyed them in Vegas. Yes, I was at that game. I covered that game. It was in an empty stadium, right? Right, exactly. Um, the, the COVID year, and we had opened the stadium there. And the first that's game where you in Allegiant s- Stadium, I think. It was the first game, and we were yeah. sitting in the press box, which is way high in the stadium. <laughs> 
and you could hear them trash talking. That's how quiet it was because there was not a yeah. soul in there except for security guards. So it was a really uh, interesting game as well. But then, of course, Derek Carr comes in New Orleans this past year, can't get past the 50-yard line the whole game, which is really interesting. And But maybe that speaks to also Dennis Allen's uh, ability to know the quarterback really well. And there we go. There's that interview. And, yeah, that's uh, Scott Gobranson, very good uh, podcast. He hosts Silver and Black today. And I think he makes a good point, which is like, you want to know how much Dennis Allen wanted Derek Carr? He didn't even mind the fact that he that he was he his defense was able to hold him to zero points and not even get past midfield in a game <laughs> earlier this season. I saw a lot of I guess um, memes out there making fun of that fact that the Saints just signed a quarterback that they stopped from getting past the fifty yard line during the season, and obviously that's a, a, a huge credit to the Saints defense, but yet yeah, also to me says a lot about. Derek Carr that the Saints were still willing to to sign a guy that they dominated so much. Yep, and uh, hopefully only Dennis Allen knows the secrets to doing that, <laughs> and uh, you can you can you can keep it under lock and key, uh, and then move on. But yeah, so that I thought that was a really good interview. Scott does a great job. If you want to hear the rest of it, check out Inside Black and Gold. Please do wherever you get your podcast. It's also it's on the Odyssey app. If you want to use that, it's on Spotify. It's on Apple. It's on wherever. Um, Catch and, on with the trend. We're, we're setting new marks every day. Yeah, we, that 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 segment got a lot of downloads today. So. People have been listening to it. We also, you know, broke down Nick Wright's crazy uh, rant about the Saints' salary cap, and also uh, some pre-agent predictions for where we think some of the Saints' top free agents are going to go. You mentioned Nick Wright. We'll get into what he had to say about the Saints in the front office and their salary cap. I guess um, questions that he had with the black and gold. Coming back with more on sports talk after this on WWL. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Back on WWL Sports Talk, something we mentioned before heading to the break. Uh, Fox Sports Television personality Nick Wright had some issues with the Saints' salary cap, I guess, dealings after being able to manipulate things in order to sign Derek Carr to a deal. And Jeff, man, I am looking forward to hopefully this team will end up getting something done with Michael Thomas, rework things to bring him back, because I think Nick Wright will absolutely go bananas once Kankard Mike gets back in the fold, too. And I know you had especially some strong takes on uh, on Nick Wright's musings on the black and gold. Oh, he's, just a, he's just a loud man. He just yells, and then people agree with him, and you just go from there. Um, but yeah, it's... The Saints manage their shallower cap in ways that make Nick Wright want to uh, pull his hair out. Charlie's actually got the audio and will hit it for us. What is, what is Nick Wright saying here, folks? The Saints went <laughs> all in on winning a Super Bowl with Drew Brees. Totally makes sense. I get it. It's what you do. They didn't, though. He then retired, and now they're running a team like they know the league is folding in three years and none of the rest of us do. In 2021, they had $50 million in dead cap. Last year, they had $44 million in dead cap. This year, 
Before free agency even starts, they're going to be at $40 because now they have to release Jameis. It is an unsustainable way to run a team. You know why Michael Thomas thinks he's coming back? Because he's $13 million on the cap this year to play and $26 million to be cut. How could that be? Because Michael Thomas, according to SpotRack, do you know what his cap hit next year is? It's $59 million, oh. which makes me think they are, they are attempting to run some form of NFL salary cap Ponzi scheme that we can't pick up on. It is an unsustainable way to run a team. Um, loud no. and ignorant, guys. Yeah, just a very, very loud man. Um, you know, I, I get Nick right. I understand what this take is and, and what's going on here. And you have to understand, Nick is of the ilk that you do not change your mind, right? You 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 make a decision, you you have a take, and you stick with that take. Die with is, it. This is clearly a take that Nick Wright developed like three years ago. <laughs> and every year, he just doubles down on it and doubles down on it. And now it's like, I have to yell loud now because... Otherwise, it's the same clip from last year where I said, they can't keep doing this. It's an unsustainable way to run a team. Except it is sustainable because they do the same thing every year, and it's not a problem. It's not a problem. He also compared it to Ted Stepien, who uh, kept trading away future first-round picks as an NBA owner or GM, I don't know. Uh, and so they have the Stepien rule now where you can't trade back-to-back first-round picks in any NBA, you know, two NBA seasons, right? So he's saying that in the sense that he thinks that in a few years the NFL will have changed their rules to make sure the Saints can't do this and they can't operate this way. And it's annoying to me because it's assuming that the NFL is sitting there like stewing about like, grr, the Saints, how dare they try to win? Like, <laughs> if anything, the NFL is going to change its rules to disincentivize tanking because the NFL cares about ratings and who's watching the Bucks play the Falcons this year, right? Like, that's what the NFL cares about. They're not they're not going to change the rules to make the one team in the NFC South bad because they can't manage their salary cap in a way that maximizes the salary cap. It is the dumbest take and we hear it every year and I think Nick Underhill says this it's like not like not having any basic understanding of how this works at this point is a choice and you're making it. What what I took away from it too is the fact that obviously Nick Wright is very mad with the New Orleans Saints. He's um really over the top seeing this go on and but I didn't like the fact mentioning a Ponzi scheme makes it seem as if the Saints are doing something underhanded committing a crime right and 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 not doing justice or the right thing in this this league and we know very well if the Saints were doing something that was quote unquote shady the league would be very quick to be coming after them they wouldn't get away with it Um, yeah come on yeah it's it's funny to me because it's like I don't think most Ponzi schemes are highlighted by people getting their money, right? And that's what the Saints do, and that's what I've, that people seem to like lose their mind about. It's like, all you're doing is guaranteeing money. All you're doing is pushing the dead cap hit forward and guaranteeing money in the form of a signing bonus. There's a reason the players don't care that this happens, right? Because it means they get their money. And it's like, that's the opposite of what happens in a Ponzi scheme, Nick. In a Ponzi scheme, one person gets all of the money. <laughs> well, you know what? Our message to the Saints, keep ticking off Nick Wright, please. Yeah, I'm I all guess. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Back with more Sports Talk after the break here on WWL. Back here on Sports Talk, we are in the top of the fifth inning at Alec Box Stadium. LSU up 3-1 to one over Samford. Uh, you can hear both games 
uh, this weekend on WWL Saturday and Sunday's game. Today's game is not on the big stick here, but WWL is your home for LSU baseball. Exciting matchup this weekend with Samford. Tomorrow's pregame coverage, 6 p.m., first pitch at 6.30. Then on Sunday, we have a 12.30 pregame with a 1 o'clock first pitch on WWL and the Odyssey app. Also, big tomorrow, we will be introducing, well, the Saints are introducing quarterback Derek Carr, and WWL will be there at noon uh, with a Saints special. Bobby Bear, Mike Haas, and myself broadcasting live from the Saints headquarters. Their first press conference featuring Derek Carr. You know you want to hear it from him, Mickey Loomis, Dennis Allen. Uh, plus, we'll have an exclusive interview with Derek Carr afterwards. Usher in a new era of Saints football tomorrow noon to 2 with WWL Saints Radio on WWL and, of course, live streaming free on the Odyssey app. Man, I'm definitely interested to hear from Derek Carr tomorrow, see what he's got to say. Uh, the last thing I honestly remember from him during the season was, you know, a lot of tears and emotional um, backlash that he got for a press conference where you could tell he was visibly upset what was going on with the Raiders, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I think he's an emotional guy. Um, I think that's that's what Scott told us um, in that interview we did with him, and I think that's true. And, you know, I don't know if we kind of tune out some of the things that, like, in terms of interviews, and it's a lot of the same answers that you get in a lot of these press conferences. But, you know, I think the tone you strike in a, in a press conference like this is always interesting. And so um, we'll see. We'll see what he has. And this is kind of the first impression he gets to make, and I hope it's a good one. Yeah, and what, everything that I have heard about Derek Carr is basically two things. It's all about faith and family, and I think that's something, uh, obviously, that'll resonate with Saints fans, I think, too, uh, that's very similar to a guy like Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah, I see that. Sorry, I'm running out of things to say. We're an hour, we have three hours and 58 minutes into the show. You're just upset about the basketball ending we just saw. Yeah, that is true. I, uh, we, we were kind of keeping an eye on the UConn game. They lost the Marquette 70-68. to 68. I'm mad about it. I'm, I'm laughing just because I got a, a detection notice on my phone that or, or in the, goes to your uh, watch telling me there was an animal detected at the front no- door recently just installed one of those uh, doorbell cameras, and now I get updates on packages, animals, people walking by. It's kind of annoying. What kind of animal do you think it was? was I'll, it have, mo- I'll have to check the video. Probably a cat because I have a ton of them going around the neighborhood. I bet it was a marmot. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure my dog is not happy right now, probably barking up a storm yeah. at whoever is outside the door. That darn marmot's back again. Tomorrow, though, I will also be going to the Smoothie King Center for a Pelicans game. Uh, anxious to see. hang out with Derek Carr? <laughs> I'm going to hang out with Derek Carr there as well. I'll be at his press conference and then escorting him to the Pelicans arena. Uh, Sounds like Big a shout time. out to my dude. Jackson Geller is going to be turning 13 years old this weekend, gentlemen. Nice. Yeah, feeling old. And I'll be turning 33 this week. That's weekend. right. Happy birthday to Jeff tomorrow, who is also marching in a parade. Is that yep. your first first time being in one? It is. It is. And if you are on the parade route, hit me up. I'll, I'll give you a flower, but don't kiss me. Charlie, what you up to tomorrow? We'll be watching some conference tournament action, gentlemen. All right. I'm Good Steve stuff. Geller along with Jeff Nowak and Charlie Long. Thank you, everyone, and tune in next Friday for more Friday Sports Talk with Jeff and Steve on WWL. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.